Visit CruiseCultureApparel.com for the latest issue of Cruise Culture Magazine, featuring the raddest home and garage-built rides. You are listening to the Cruise Culture Magazine podcast, covering all of your favorite articles from the magazine and more. Like, subscribe, and tell us what you think in the comments below. Keep Cruise Culture alive. Hey cruisers, I hope you've had a wonderful week. Today we have the full interview with Brian Holdley and Eileen Newbel from last weekend when she was in Lacombe doing some lettering and pinstriping on Dead Betty. Eileen owns stellar designs and does pinstriping, art, lettering, custom painting, and more and is super down to earth. If you don't know what Dead Betty is, she is Project Living Dead Girl, Cruise Culture Magazine's 1955 Buick Special. You can follow along on the build on our YouTube channel. Go check out the episode so far if you haven't already. If you want to see what Eileen has done, you can also watch the latest video on the project on our YouTube channel. Alright, this is a long one, so without further ado, let's get into it. And then don't worry, I'll make you sound and look smart and all that <laughs> stuff on YouTube. <laughs> Have you checked out any of the videos on the channel at all? Uh, a little bit, yeah. It's been... It's been a little bit crazy lately. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> so I haven't really had much time for uh, for checking things out, but I I really like what you do. Uh, like even just the videos that you've been posting in the last couple of weeks since the swap meet. Yeah. Uh, I saw all of those ones. And, nice. Uh, yeah, like they have a really cool vibe to them. Thank you. I uh, really I ran good. out of uh, content for shorts. Yeah, that's <laughs> over fair. the winter. That was well, just it's last winter, week, right? So been, like, yeah, I've been doing some weird stuff just trying to have something to go out there but yeah um so you said you've been doing this for like two years uh yeah so i started out uh, how the whole thing actually started was two and a half years ago i bought a chevy chevette yeah and it was an 86 chevette and i drug it out of the weeds in a friend's backyard and anything that is bolt-on was not bolted on. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm talking like bumpers, windows, uh, door handles, doors, the entire interior. The whole thing was just a shell and yeah. anything, like any bolt, it was all like, I, I got a box with bolts basically. <laughs> and it was all in unlabeled Ziploc yeah. bags. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, this is a great thing to be tackling. That's funny. So, <laughs> Uh, so I finally put the car back together and I had my fun with it and it was a little four cylinder, right? Like it, it was completely godless. Yeah. Uh, but it was fun and it was mine and I built it, right? Yeah. And uh, so I drove that thing everywhere and I even, I even drove it to Medicine Hat to the racetrack and pretty sure I set like the record for the slowest pass ever made. <laughs> <laughs> it ran at 21.39. Oh yeah. And a quarter. <laughs> so I drove it there. I raced it all day. It was just a hot lap in it. And then I slept in it and then I drove it home the next day. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's awesome. And so that car just gave me so much joy that I figured I would paint it. And yeah. so I already had it in primer. And so I, I painted, um, I have it on my Instagram. I painted like, like a, a woman's face, like those lips onto the driver's door. Yeah. I did and then see I that. painted, um, uh, like a record onto the like onto the quarter panel and it just kind of started snowballing from there and then a couple of friends of mine they started a food truck 
and they wanted me to paint the side of the food truck uh, with like a burnout slick. And so, so that was actually my first job that ever got commissioned. Yeah. But it started with that car and I named that car Stella, hence Stellar Design. Nice. Because I wanted to kind of, you know, give a little bit of credit to that car. Yeah. And so then from there on, uh, I wanted to paint. I didn't have any of the, any of the emblems for the car. And so I wanted to paint Chevette onto the back. Yeah. And years ago, my dad bought some pinstripe paint and some, uh, and some brushes and never used any of it. And so I hit him up and I was like, hey, do you still have all that stuff? So we drug it out of the garage and I just started messing around with it. And completely unintentionally, I started pinstriping. Yeah. And that was about two years ago now. That's and cool. so then from there on, I started messing around with some designs and started doing the coasters and the coffee mugs. And that quickly turned into uh, my friend Chance's uh, race car. Uh, he's got an old Capri. And then I did a bike. Uh, then I did Rampy. It just, it just started snowballing. Yeah. And it finally got to a point where I had to decide like, if I'm going to push this or if I'm going to just let this be a hobby. And I figured what time like what better time than now yeah to, to take that risk and here we are now <laughs> <laughs> well so, it really is a it really is a dying art like there's not too many people out there who do it yeah and uh anyone you know who does it is is usually fairly busy <laughs> yeah it's it's so pretty it's difficult good. to find somebody that does it let yeah. alone actually wants to do it full time or yeah um or wants to make the time yeah uh, there's a surprising amount of pinstripe artists out there. Right. It's uh, so like as, as much of a dying art as it is, uh, there's, there's more people out there that do it than you might think. Oh, okay. Um, but everyone has their own little style, right? There's a, lot, there's a lot of people who only do roadsters or only do airplanes or, you know, like they're so specialized. Right. Um, but I, don't, I, don't, I try not to shy away from anything. Right. Um, like a friend of mine is buying a plane right now and you know he's going to need some some lettering done on that and so like i'll get to do a plane that's you cool. know today i'm doing a buick yesterday i did a 62 corvair <laughs> you know it's you never know what what's going to happen that's cool um and i really enjoy that part of my job yeah uh but what i enjoy the most is that it doesn't feel like a job right you kind of just get to go hang out and work on cars <laughs> yeah like yeah. i get to work on cars i get to meet awesome people uh you know i get to travel for my work and it's a re it's a really unique field to be in yeah and you know i i was able to combine my passion for vehicles and my passion for art and turn it into a career yeah and you know not many people get to do that yeah so but yeah did you want the stool? Uh, sure. You know what? I actually, I actually bought one the other day, and I have it in my truck. I oh. Might as well grab it because then we can both sit. Well, I, I got a whole bunch of other chairs. Okay, here, so. sounds good. <laughs> I can also pop that hood open if you need it at a bit of a different angle. Ah, uh, no, this is actually really that's good. good. Okay. Yeah. So, do you still own the Chevette? Uh, no, I no? unfortunately sold it, and I'm so full of regret. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wanted to get into something bigger. 
Uh, right. The whole reason I sold it is, well, the whole reason I bought it was I wanted to build a nine-second streetcar. Yeah. And I don't know if you know Dario, but he basically built exactly what I wanted to build. So I looked at what he did, and I was like, there's not a chance in hell <laughs> that I am doing this. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, you know, like I, I didn't even start yet, and you run out of money, right? Like it, yeah. it was going to be a full tube chassis. Um, and it just, it, it just wasn't feasible at the time, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so there wasn't too much of a point in continuing to invest in this car. Uh, which is, yeah, it was, it was unfortunate. Um, actually daily drove it for the longest time. I drove it all through winter Oh wow! on 35 year old cracked winter tires. <laughs> 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 don't tell DOT. And <laughs> um, uh, like on Deerfoot, like in yeah. two feet of snow. And it was the most reliable piece of automobile that I ever owned in my life. <laughs> yeah. And then I sold it. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, it's just one of those. It's one of those cars, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it's. I actually sold it to a guy in Saskatchewan. He drove all the way. Oh, wow. To Lethbridge to go pick this thing up, like sight unseen, basically. Yeah. And he bought it for his nephew, he said. And then, like, never heard from him again, of course. And then about a year later, get this really weird message on Facebook. And it went into, like, message requests. So I finally saw it. There was this guy, and he's like, hey, I, I think I bought your old Chevette. <laughs> how did you find me how did yeah, you know that this was weird. mine right i'm like i know i painted it and it was pretty unique but like how did you find me right so he found the old bill of sale from oh. the guy that i sold it to and so the guy that owns it now he actually cut the floor out of it and the whole thing like he wanted to do the same thing yeah build and uh build it into a race car and uh everyone kind of stops as soon as you find out how much a tube chassis costs yeah exactly so <laughs> Yeah. You can't do it yourself. You kind of you're kind of strapped. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the that's the story on that little Chevette. I really would like to buy another one. Yeah. One of these days. I've got a friend up in Edmonton who has a really nice Chevette. Yeah. She uh, <clears throat> she drives it all the time too, but she's, I think she's building a three eighty three Stroker for it. Oh, wicked! <laughs> yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know her, but I'm a fan. <laughs> Yeah, she's pretty cool. She does some photography and stuff for the magazine. And oh, nice. She's got a, a Cutlass, a 68 Cutlass. Okay. That she drives. It's all rusted out and wicked, and she drag races it and stuff. Nice. Yeah. I wonder if I know her. Where does she drag race it? I can't remember what track it is. Yeah. She just started drag racing it like a year ago. Okay. A year and a half ago. That's good. Yeah. I missed a lot of racing last year. Yeah. Was always where I can and couldn't get the time off. And yeah. It's one of the reasons why I quit my job. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> one, more one more person tells me I can't go racing that day. <laughs> yeah. Fun part of centering this. <laughs> Do you want it on a little bit of a curve? That'd be wicked. Yeah. If it was, yeah. I'm just thinking that. Like, that if we do really it straight. Cool. Like, if we do it straight, it would. It would look cool, but if we kind of follow a little bit of a curve, just yeah, just a like slight just curve, a just to like go a, around that emblem there, yeah, like that. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, that'd be rad. I don't wear this. Tape is your lifesaver. <laughs> I freehand a lot of things, but yeah. if it's on uh, a pretty large panel, I like to always have my guidelines. And Oh, for sure. It makes sense. You get you get carried away with your lines pretty quick. You don't yeah. pay attention. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm definitely uh need to use tape and a level and a measuring tape kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I, okay. I don't measure a lot of things yeah. <laughs> when it comes to this. Um it's it's kind of just all does it look right? Yeah. Because no one's ask ever gonna come up much, to a car show and be like, oh, how much crooked shit I've hung up in the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so start down here. So you said you moved here when you were 11? Where are you from? Uh, I was born and raised in Germany. Oh, okay. In Dusseldorf, Germany. And yeah, we moved here in 2009. Yeah. And I've just, I've just been in Lethbridge ever since. And I always knew that Lethbridge wasn't going to be the forever. But it's one of those cities where once you live there, you don't leave. Yeah, and I've anyone got, who tries to leave comes back. I've got a bunch of family in there. <laughs> so, uh, it pretty much got to a point where, like last year alone, uh, my Yukon got broken into three times. Um, had a rock thrown through my 69 Pontiac window. And my garage got broken into. Oh, All my tools were stolen that I built the 69 with. It just it, it got out of control. Yeah. And it just wasn't really safe anymore to right. to stay there long term. And it's just me, right? So it's like I don't have anybody else at home that's gonna be there to protect me, right? So yeah, you gotta yeah. you gotta watch out for yourself. And yeah. uh it really um yeah, it got a little scary living there for me anyway. Yeah, I'm not a fan of living in the cities. <laughs> yeah. I was born and raised in Blackfelds. Okay. Yeah, and then I came to high school because there wasn't a high school in Blackfeld, so we went to high school here in Lacombe. Okay. That's where I met my wife and stuff. And nice. We both absolutely love it here in Lacombe, so. Yeah, it seems like a really nice little town. Saved up to buy a house here. Sweet. How long have you guys lived here? Uh, we've been here for, we've got to be coming up on five years now. Okay. Yeah. It's just far enough out of the way. Yeah. It's it's big, but it doesn't feel big. Mm -hmm. There's not like big stores and all that kind of stuff, and yeah, not a whole lot of issues with crime. We're starting to get some, but not much. Still, yeah. like you can usually leave your car unlocked for the night, and <laughs> yeah, you can't in Lethbridge. No, <laughs> well, it's pretty much one of those things where do you leave it locked and risk it getting broken into, or do you leave it unlocked and know someone's going to get into it? Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think the most theft I've had is just uh, my packet of CDs got stolen out of my Suburban. That's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> All my CDs from early 2000s and 90s. Yeah. Dang it, it was good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> just burns them all again. <laughs> How old are you? Yeah, I'm 25. Oh, 25. Yeah. Just... Just young enough to take the risk and just old enough to know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> what other projects do you have? You said you had a Pontiac? Uh, yeah, so I have a, a 69 Pontiac. Uh, it was a, well, it's a Parisian. Uh, so, Land Yacht Club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I bought that one 
a little over a year ago uh, in December in Hilda. And Hilda is a tiny little town uh, about an hour north of, the, of Medicine Hat. Yeah. Just on the, um, sorry, on the Saskatchewan border. And so my friend and I, we drove out there uh, with the trailer pretty much like pretty much knew I was going to take this car home no matter what shape it was in. Right. Which was a bad idea to begin with because <laughs> we got there. I knew it wasn't in the greatest shape, yeah. but we got there and I realized that the whole car was like it, it was mouse infested. And, yeah. you know, it didn't know if the engine was going to turn over really knew nothing about it. I've been sitting in a barn since 1984. Like it was a true survivor. It was a beautiful car. Right. Um, it's not rusted out, but it needed two of everything. <laughs> <laughs> and so I figured, yeah, let's buy it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it towed it home and I'm into this thing for, I don't know, got way too much money, but <laughs> about 400 hours. Oh, wow. Like my hours to get it running. And yeah, I spent like 14 hours pressure washing just the inside of the car. <laughs> I had to take the seats out of it, strip the floors down, took the, the headliner, the carpet, everything out of it. Yeah. And um. Yeah, like just I, I redid everything. I was able to save the seats, but uh, I'm like, well, save the seats, right? Uh, I'm going to put some new benches into it and I'm going to repolster the whole interior. Also by myself, which is also probably not a good idea, but <laughs> I'm one of those people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to try it yourself first, I have at to least. Try it. Yeah. I'd rather try it and fail than yeah. to. Just not try at all. 100%. Um, nothing good I've ever done has come of uh, just having somebody else do it for me. Yeah. So. But uh, yeah, rebuilt the top end of the engine and went through the transmission and the rear end and rewired a bunch of stuff, put a new HEI on it, plugs, wires, all the basic stuff, and drove it to Calgary. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was quite the story. I have the the full story on the car posted up on my uh, on my Facebook page. Okay, yeah. Um, for anyone that wants to read through it, but yeah, it was it was a battle to get that car back on the road. <laughs> like anything that could go wrong went wrong. Oh yeah. Um, but that is uh, that's the car game. So yeah, for sure. And then you've got your 97 Yukon. Is it Yukon or Tahoe? Uh, it's a Yukon. Yukon? Yeah. Yeah, that old girl. She's been with me for a hot minute. <laughs> <laughs> Love that truck. Uh, I was, God, how old was I? I don't know. I was young uh, when my mom bought it. I think I, I, couldn't even, I couldn't even drive yet. Didn't even have my winners. I was young. Yeah. And so mom and dad bought this thing from Bridge City in Lethbridge for $4,000 like forever ago <laughs> and I, I immediately fell in love with it i always wanted to have it just for some strange reason it was calling me and so i always told mom like if you ever want to sell it you let me know because i want to buy it and then i ended up buying a 2005 um 
that's a little bit, uh, Dodge Magnum. Okay. Yeah. And so for a year and a half, I was pestering my mom to trade me the Yukon for the, <laughs> for the Magnum. And one day she went for it. Nice. And so, yeah, so we traded straight across because she wanted a car and I really wanted a truck. And uh, it's been mine ever since. And I think that's been eight eight years now. Wow, Eight or cool. nine years that it's been actually in my name. And we bought it with 174,000 kilometers on it. And breaks my heart, but it's at 361,000 kilometers now. That's about what my, my Suburban's at too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I put most of them on there and it, it's been good miles, you know? Yeah. It's, it's miles per gallon. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> but I wouldn't trade it. Yeah. That's cool. And now they're starting to be a collectible. Yeah. yeah. Like I've been driving that thing since before they were cool. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I was yeah. getting bullied for driving that thing. <laughs> But no, it's, yeah, it's good times. I love that thing. That's cool. I've, oh God, I've rebuilt almost everything on it. Uh, the only thing stock is the front diff, which is going to get replaced right away. Yeah. The bottom end of the engine and the transfer case. Everything else is rebuilt. Nice. Like rear end, the entire suspension, like leaves rewired, everything. Um, a labor of love. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Ten years of things breaking, and eventually you do have somewhat of a new vehicle sitting there, so it's not too bad. That's cool. Yeah. Well, did you want to go with um, exactly the font that you sent me? It doesn't have to be exactly like no? that. Okay. Just kind of that that vibe. So that like vibe. Okay. a little bit of that old like Mexican style, but also like horror movie yeah so what i'm thinking is kind of go like this yeah all across yeah and then do the bottom half in gold leaf and the top in whatever other color nice and then whatever color we use at the top i would use to outline the bottom of the gold leaf sweet yeah yeah we can okay. do that sounds good can we do it like with green Oh, yeah. And then maybe like some yellow, just little accents totally. on the outside yeah. or something. Just some yeah. highlights, low lights. Yeah. Absolutely. Wicked. Sweet. Yeah, lettering is one of those things. I I was super scared of it Yeah. when I first kind of started out. And actually, I never did that much lettering because I didn't enjoy it. I wasn't good at it. And then Custom Auto in Lethbridge. Yeah. Well, they're just north of Lethbridge, but um, they messaged me and they're like, hey, we have this old truck. Uh, it's an old Ford truck. Uh, would you want to do some lettering on it and like paint our logo onto it? I was like, well, I can, you know, I can absolutely do, I can absolutely do that. I have no idea how long it's going to take me to actually get it to look good. Yeah. But uh, I would definitely be down. And with that job, I realized how much I actually really enjoy lettering <laughs> it turned out great <laughs> That's cool. and they have a few more vehicles that i'm actually going to do pretty soon here um as well and it just snowballed from there and now i almost like as much as i love pinstriping i almost prefer doing lettering yeah because it gives you i feel like it gives, it gives me anyway uh, a little bit more creativity right and it brings so much character to the vehicle yeah it does yeah and then messing around with gold leaf and that's cool. It's it's fun. 
Like you can make a plan for, for what you want to do, but you never really know what it's going to turn out. <laughs> Get the gold leaf started. Sweet. So what I'll do, yep. um, the gold size has to dry for close to an hour. Okay. Uh, so I'll put the gold size down and then I will move on to something else, put the gold leaf on and keep going with it. Okay, cool. How long have you been doing uh, gold Just leaf for? Uh, not too long. Um, I got into it about half a year ago. Okay. Um, just mostly just on my own stuff and, you know, had, had some fun with it. But I never really did it on customers' vehicles. Right. Just because it's, it's such a tricky thing. Like, it, it takes so long to really get it down. And it, it took me a while to get a hang of it and, and feel comfortable with it. Right. What got you into cars? Oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> so it's several things. So some of my earliest life memories is me sitting on my grandpa's lap in his big leather chair watching Formula One. Oh, nice. And so for the longest time, that was like, that was our thing. And it's, you know, it turned into my thing. And my, both my parents uh, rode a Harley and my dad is also an auto body technician. Oh, yeah. So there was always that influence of vehicles in my right. life in some way, shape, or form. And, you know, we used to always ride the bikes to classic car shows back home. And they're, they're quite different there than they are here. You know, like, like you don't really have patina cars there because everything yeah. has to follow such strict rules. Right. Kind of like the California yeah. direction. Yeah, I was, talk you know? I was so. talking to somebody over there just recently <laughs> on my Instagram who yeah. was talking about he was building a 1955 Buick and he was checking out my YouTube channel or whatever. And yeah, yeah. he was talking about how you'd love to build something like that, but it's like, that's a no go here. Like, yeah. They won't even, like they won't even register it. Yeah. So, yeah. So it, like you've got beautiful cars there. Right. Yeah. And so I always had that influence in my life and it carried on through, you know, to when we moved here and you know, all the cars that I used to see on car shows, like I grew up watching like, like West Coast Choppers and like it, just all the car shows, you know, like Chip Foos yeah. and, you know, what have you. So I grew up with this, with this, like not a dream, but like I grew up with this vision of what crazy life you could build, you know, yeah. and that carried on over into working on the Yukon and then all the cars that I used to see being restored on the shows back home. Yeah are now sitting in farmer's field. Yeah, yeah. I can touch them, <laughs> you know? So um, I am now that much closer to actually doing what they're doing on TV, right? And it's, yeah, it just kept snowballing. And then one day, uh, one day I got into racing and uh, my ex and I, we used to always go drag racing together and we still do. And it's just, it's such a cool world to be in. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's such a, such a community and non-car people really don't understand it. You yeah, know? 100%. <laughs> it's it's such it's such a it's such a cool feeling when you're at the racetrack with all your friends and you know you just spent the last three weeks thrashing to get something done and now your junk's going through the staging lanes. You know? <laughs> yeah, my my whole life has been influenced by vehicles and That's cool. I'm so grateful for it because without that, I would have never met so many incredible people from all different walks of life. And 
you know, somebody that you would have walked past uh, on the street or in the grocery store, uh, you know, you're sitting there sharing life stories in the pits, you know, yeah. uh, I really, I really enjoy that part of vehicles. That's cool. Dream car. What's your dream car? Or plural. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's another loaded question. Yeah. Uh, ever since I was little, it was always an old, like, 80s or 90s uh, Porsche 911 Carrera. Oh, yeah. Reason for that. So I'm born on November 9th, and in Germany, you write the dates uh, kind of backwards. And so, technically, I was born on 9-11. Right. 9th of November. And so my dad used to always call me his little Porsche. And <laughs> <That's cute. laughs> it just, it stuck with me my whole life. I have little dad cast cars and, you know, it's, it's one of those one day cars. Yeah. But I know I'm going to make it happen. And if I have to sell everything else I own, you know, to get one of those cars. <laughs> um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's one of them. And then most people don't even know what they look like, but a 67 Bel Air. Oh, yeah. Kind of has like Malibu and Pala vibes, but it's a midsize. And they just, they stole my heart. Uh, ever since I saw them on Rest to Riches. Yeah. Uh, that blue one that they built. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. Like such a classic <laughs> car, timeless. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't build it into a race car or anything. Oh, yeah. I would paint it deep forest green metallic. Uh, with some nice gloss black wheels and just drive it to the grocery store, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's my that's my other must-have car before I die. Nice. What's the farthest you've traveled to do pinstriping? The island. The island? Yeah. Vancouver Island? Vancouver Island. Yeah. I recently went out there. It's like a fun trip uh, with a good friend of mine. And we met... Uh, Sean Driver and Miss Daisy out there. Yeah. Uh, really cool people. I have to get you in touch with them. And he actually does land speed racing okay. down in Bonneville. And he's got an old Studebaker. And he's in the 200 mile club. And this year he's shooting for 300. Oh, wow. And I'm pretty sure he's going to make it. <laughs> That's cool. I have a lot of faith in them. Uh, they have really good teams. So, uh, yeah, I ended up doing some pinstriping out there, which was really cool. I met some incredible people. Uh, but yeah, that's the furthest I've gone. And I would definitely go there again. That's cool. Uh, funniest or craziest thing you've ever pinstriped or lettered? Cool. Oh. Funniest or craziest? Uh, one of the... Hmm. Oh, that's a tough one. Funniest maybe on the... On Rampy? Uh, in the back? So... The whole car is patina, right? Yeah. Uh, that 62, is it a 62 or a 63? I can't remember now. But that Corvair, the whole car is patina. And he had to kind of redo the back, the back portion of it. And so he, he painted in the patina, but it looked way too new. And so, he, so just before he went to SEMA, he wanted me to, like he, pin, he had me pinstrip the whole car, and he wanted me to put touch me on the back. So that people would touch and like wear down the paint naturally oh, yeah. instead of him <laughs> having to patina it. Uh, and people loved it. It was such a hit. <laughs> and I like I didn't think much of it, right? But yeah, uh, yeah he really liked that. Uh, craziest thing I've ever pinstriped. I don't know if I've pinstriped anything crazy, really. Mm -hmm. 
I did a transmission the other day. Oh, really? That one was fun. <laughs> that, was a, that was a little spur of the moment. Uh, went over to Buddy's shop in Calgary, and we were just hanging out. And uh, he had this transmission there, and he was taking it down to LS Fest for a friend. And he's like, hey, we, uh, we just painted it. Can you pinstrip for us? Uh, <laughs> so I went home, grabbed my stuff, came back, and um, yeah, just did that up real quick. So That's cool. What's the biggest pinstriping job you've done? The biggest pinstriping job? Probably that Corvair as well. Yeah. There's a lot of firsts on that Corvair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. I did that thing pretty much front to back. Uh, and then I just did the dash on it on Thursday. Yeah. So that one, either that one or the bike that I did. Actually, yeah, the bike. That one was pretty, I don't think there was a panel on that thing that I didn't touch. Yeah. Like every little cover. Uh, the, the little bar in the front, everything had something on it. Yeah. Um, that one was the most time consuming for sure. How many hours were you into that one? Mm, well into 40. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, we kept adding things on as we went. So yeah. it was that, uh, it was kind of one of those never ending projects, but it turned out really good. Smallest project you've ever pinstriped? <laughs> Smallest project you've ever pinstriped. Like the smallest pinstriping I've done or the smallest item I've done? Both. Give me both. both. Uh, ooh. Smallest item I've pinstriped uh, was a foam case. Oh, yeah. And at the Red Deer Swap Meet just recently, uh, the vendor that was across from me, Yeah. he was watching me all day and he, he came over and chatted for a little bit. And then at one point... I, you know, things kind of started dying down a little bit in the afternoon, and so I figured I would just, you know, take my paint out and started pinstriping a little panel. And he comes over with this, uh, with this restored little pickup truck. Yeah. And he's like, "Whatever you want to do on it." He's like, I'll, "I'll pay you to pinstripe it." And that was some really fine little detail work on it, and it was super fun. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. Just a little spur of the moment. That's cool. Was that your first time at third year swapping? At the Red Deer Swap Meet, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did the Lethbridge Swap Meet earlier on. Yeah. And it was such a success, and I handed out quite a bit, uh, quite a few business cards and got some really good feedback. Yeah. And so I figured I would do the Red Deer one as well. And nice. it was an even bigger hit. I'm very glad that I went. That's awesome. Yeah, that was the best one I've seen in a while from Red Deer. Yeah. I think everyone's still kind of coming out of that COVID hibernation and, yeah. you know. <laughs> All the projects that were started and then kind of laid to rest and yeah everything's kind of waking up again which is nice that's good have you ever taken any like uh pinstriping classes or just all like self-taught practice all self-taught that's cool uh, like i said at the start there i, I just kind of fell into it yeah never intentionally was like hey i'm gonna start pinstriping so i actually started out with um with acrylic paint Oh, yeah. Because I was doing acrylic paintings, right? So yeah. I had a couple of really fine detail brushes, and I just started pinstriping with that, like just for fun. Yeah. And <clears throat> so, yeah, I never never took a course. And the biggest thing for me was I, I didn't want to, like once I decided that I actually wanted to pick it up, Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to sit there, watch videos, and copy everybody else. Right. When you 
look at my style versus the traditional pinstriping style, completely different world. Yeah. And that's because I really wanted to keep that creativity yeah. and the creative freedom of just doing whatever is in my mind at that moment. Yeah. Right. Like if you have a specific style that you're wanting to go for, absolutely. I can do that. Yeah. But I really wanted to always just do my own thing. And so I never, I never sat there watching videos of other artists. And yeah. the only thing I looked up was how to mix it. Right. And even then I changed it. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> there are definitely some artists out there who offer classes. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen any up here, uh, but there's a few artists that I follow who offer courses down south. Yeah. So it would definitely be a really cool thing to check out. Right. But I didn't base didn't base anything on that. That's cool. How do you pronounce your name? Uh, it's Eileen. Eileen. Yeah. So uh, most people actually get it wrong. Because um, it's spelled the German way. Yeah. Uh, but we never anticipated moving here when I was born, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's Eileen Jubel. What's your last name? Jubel. Jubel. In German, you pronounce it Übel. But that's a train wreck here. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so when we moved here, we we wrote down our names, showed it to some friends, and we're like, how would you pronounce this? And it kind of came more or less to a consensus, and that's kind of what we stuck with. So, yeah. But yeah, my first name is, uh, is a struggle sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you still speak German? Fluently, yeah. Oh, wow. I speak, I speak German every single day with my mom. Oh, cool. And uh, with my dad and my brother as well. Oh, wow. And uh, of course, with my family still, yeah. right? So, yeah, that's a, a huge thing. Like, my German definitely has become pretty sad over the years because yeah. you start mixing in so much English. And like, I was so young when I moved here that a lot of the more like adult phrases and just like a more advanced vocabulary. You know, I just didn't possess that yet at 11 years old. Right. Right. So, you know, the more technical terms and anything that I learned in school and in college and healthcare, all those terms, I never learned them in German. Right. So that's where it really starts to muddle the two languages, which is unfortunate, but I have definitely, uh, you know, come to acknowledge that it's a problem to me anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> I started learning, uh, learning some of those terms in German and started reading some German books and switched uh switched my facebook over to german every now and then just to just to switch it up so. brush up on your yeah yeah brush up on my, <laughs> on my german. i was trying to learn spanish for a little while oh yeah i was thought it's such a cool language but spanish is fun i started yeah. learning it in high school yeah and i still speak it a little bit i used to be quite proficient at it but then you know you graduate you move on with life and yeah it's one of those things where, you know, you can order a beer in Spanish kind of thing. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> one of these days I'll get back into it. <laughs> that is the beauty of this. If you don't like a line, yeah, you, that's, can, uh, that's you cool. can get rid of it <laughs> for a little while. I just got paint all over my hair, so I just got to deal with that real quick. <laughs> 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 not the first time, not no, the last I would time. Believe it, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Do you have any uh, milestones you want to hit with your pinstriping and lettering? Yes, yeah. lots. Um, so once I decided that I wanted to do this uh, as a, you know, as my main source of income, yeah, I 
I have this goal that I want to be featured in Hot Rod Magazine. Uh, I think that's any car person's goal or dream. Yeah. But I really want to. I really want to accomplish that. Uh, so Hot Rod Magazine would be pretty far up on that list. Um, really want to do an airplane. Yeah. And most of the other goals I've already reached, <laughs> luckily. <laughs> I cool. like doing a bike, and uh, I'm gonna get to work on some XT75 trucks right away here. Yeah. Uh, so you know how they have fiberglass front clips. But they have to look like they have headlights. Right. So I'm actually getting to paint the entire front end of two trucks. Oh, cool. Which is pretty wicked. Like the chrome bumper and everything, like make it look like it's an actual front end. That's cool. So I'm really looking forward to that. But yeah, a plane and, and Hot Rod Magazine, I think, would be pretty far up on the list. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like nothing's really unattainable anymore nowadays. If yeah. you try hard enough and if you stick with it. Yeah, hopefully, uh, I'm sure they will, but hopefully Hot Rod Magazine will stick around long enough to Yeah. <laughs> all these magazines that are yeah. <laughs> dying off and you never know what's go, are going digital only. Yeah. Like, I just read this morning that there's another racetrack that's going to be closing down. Yeah. So it's just it's like they're just dropping like flies, you know. Houston racetrack, I really wanted to go visit, never got to. Yeah. And uh, then after TX2K, they, they tore it down, so. That's too bad. Some good times were had there. Check on the gold leaf. Sweet. Well, that's just about done. Cool. So I'll finish up with the green and then I'll jump back over there. Okay. Oh yeah, that looks wicked. <clears throat> then I'll uh, I'll carry the purple and the black a little bit further down. Sweet. Yeah, I think I'll leave that. And then I'll take the purple a little bit further and then I'll do the top one with the black. Sweet. Yeah, that sounds kinda, awesome. Kind of tie everything together. Sometimes I like to leave some open lines. Yeah. Because then I can tie the other colors into it and still make it look like movies of line. Yeah. But yeah, sweet. Cool. All the little mixtures that go into this. So this one's a flow enhancer. Okay. Uh, this one just helps keep it nice and smooth and it, it prevents those jagged edges. Right. And then you need your hardener. And just a couple of drops of that. You like it? Yeah, it looks yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't second gear stuff. It looks good. <laughs> um, Don't listen to that. <laughs> uh, I like it. I was just thinking the that chrome piece that you were talking about in there would look freaking sweet. I think it needs it, honestly. And I'm excited about that. Like idea just now. just something simple. Like yeah. like not flat. It definitely needs that little like like a peak at the top, yeah. But just a like just a gentle one, yeah. I think it would. I think it would tie it together. It would. It would look awesome. Just a walk away moment, or <laughs> you're the expert. I feel like it needs green to pull all the way back, but at the same time, it looks cool how it's like green, purple, black. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think it's a walk away moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks really good. It's awesome. Where can people get a hold of you? Uh, people can get a hold of me on almost any platform. Um, I have a, um, a Facebook page uh, called Stellar Designs. And I'm also on Instagram under uh, Stellar underscore customs underscore designs. And on there, you'll find my email address as well. And um, my phone number is on there too, so uh, you can reach me in any way. <laughs> and 
yeah, like shoot me a message, ask some questions, and uh, send me some pictures even if you're curious if that's something that can be done. And usually it can, so. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Uh, check out Stellar Designs and keep cruise culture alive. That was awesome. Thank you again for tuning in and listening along to Brian and Eileen. Be sure to give her a look. And if you are looking for some pinstriping or lettering, we definitely approve. We have switched to episodes only once a week as we head into this busy cruising season here in Alberta, so you can expect new episodes every Thursday at noon. I'm Cruising Caddy, and remember, keep cruise culture alive. Thank you for listening to Cruise Culture Magazine Podcast. With new episodes every Mondays and Thursdays at noon, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss one. And tell us in the comments what you want to hear in a future episode. Keep cruise culture alive.